So in this session, we're here to talk about organic LinkedIn growth. Now, this is a great subject if you are looking to cut through all of the noise and chaos in social media. Uh, thanks, Carl, for the suggestion for this particular session. Uh, it really is very, very timely. I think a lot of us are still seeking ways of uh, getting some great gains and some great return on investment through LinkedIn. Um, and it is one of the remaining places where you can actually do that organically. So what do we mean by organic uh, when we use that word in the context of a social network? Well, we mean non-paid. Okay, so organic, we are talking here about non-paid activities that are going to help you to increase the coverage, increase the reach, increase the engagement with your target audience. And this is definitely 100% possible through LinkedIn. And I would say this really is LinkedIn providing unprecedented organic growth opportunity versus other business social networks. You know, we're all using a variety of different tools right now in social, um, aiming to get a, a best return uh, within our digital marketing activities. But LinkedIn still is providing these opportunities to us. Um, yes, you can pay for um, advertising. Yes, you can pay for premium accounts in LinkedIn, but you can also get a lot of the value for free. Um, you just need to be investing, investing your time and your energies and your thoughts and your um, resources around you into this. So whilst you could argue, well, then it obviously then isn't free. What we're not talking about is paid marketing budget. So we are looking here at getting best gains in the opportunity of LinkedIn without actually committing budget. So that's the key. That's really how we're defining this as an opportunity. And many experienced marketers and social media commentators really are saying that, you know, 10 years ago, if you looked at something like Facebook, which was still an opportunity um, back in those days, um, LinkedIn is still there, right there at the forefront of the ability to gain high impact attention. Now, in most social networks, I mean, you only have to look at your own timeline to know this is true. In most social networks, we are faced with a proliferation of content be it video, be it images, be it text, be it other stuff. Uh, polls, for example, are you know, proliferating around the internet right now. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but LinkedIn right here, right now is an opportunity that was kind of comparable to Facebook um, around about a decade ago. So what we're looking for here, when we're talking about organic content, organic growth within LinkedIn, we're looking for high impact attention. So we're looking to be really smart here in the activities that we do, because you can, as we all know, waste a huge amount of time and energy in a social network with very little gain. So we've got to be very mindful, very careful, and very smart how we begin what we are about to do. So let's see what LinkedIn have to say about this. Well, LinkedIn are consistently saying that if you can establish a trusted and consistent voice by regular posting, then you will see huge value from LinkedIn. And they suggest, this is LinkedIn themselves, posting one to two times a day. Now, when we talk about this, we are talking from a personal level. So that's from your own account as you log into LinkedIn to have a look and see what everybody else is up to, do some research, maybe join a community and contribute. We're talking about posting one to two times a day on average every day. 
This also applies to your business page. And I'm going to talk separately about your personal account for LinkedIn growth and also your business page, because for some of you listening to this, you will be using LinkedIn from a business page perspective. So if you've already got your own personal account up to speed and you're an all-star profile, as LinkedIn used to call it, um, then you will know that it is time now to focus on your business page. So a lot of these things apply to both sides. And if you decide that you are going to be very, very targeted, if, you, if you're very clear about your audience, you have an opportunity here of increasing an awareness and also the engagement. And this this really should come because it's such a quiet space from organic content perspective. This should probably come as no surprise to you that this is a place where you can cut through what would otherwise be a very, very noisy social network. And why LinkedIn? Well, the key here, clearly from a commercial perspective, is that a significant proportion here in LinkedIn of people who use LinkedIn are decision makers, or they have a significant influence in a purchase decision making process. And these typically are the people who are the most active. Whatever you look um, in terms of the research, wherever you look at any of the statistics, be they yours or LinkedIn, they will be basically saying that the most active people are are the ones of highest value anyway. So there's this lovely correlation here that if you are active in here, you're talking to the right people who can actually make things happen for you. 40% of businesses claim to have found new customers using social networking. So when we talk about organic LinkedIn growth, we are actually talking about return on investment. We're actually talking about a measurable, tangible value to your business. And interestingly, 58% of people, so that's almost two thirds, use social media or LinkedIn precisely for engaging with special interest groups. And I'll come on to how you can use thought leadership in organic LinkedIn growth in a little while. But it's probably no surprise when you see these figures and then you think and you reflect on your activities within LinkedIn probably already that there is a big opportunity in here. Biz Report did a piece of research a few years ago, and they said that basically most people are focusing in on four elements when they figure out how they're going to be getting best value from LinkedIn. And that is keeping in contact with stakeholders. So those could be customers, suppliers, resellers, partners, um, a whole range of different people, including your own colleagues. Yeah, people, some people in some organizations don't have an intranet, so they're using the likes of LinkedIn to stay in touch. Second on the list from Biz Reports uh, research was engaging with special interest groups. Now, over half of the people surveyed say, yeah, we use um, LinkedIn to engage on the things that I'm interested in. So I'm using it to build a community or to engage within a community of like-minded souls. Now, that's a really interesting one here, because that, to me, intimates the fact that we are talking about a valuable and valued audience. So we are not just broadcasting here, much as back in the old days, you used to do television advertising, radio advertising, and it was broadcast advertising. You just hoped the message would stick. Well, within LinkedIn, especially if you focus in on the big data element of what this is, is you can find very, very simply and very, very quickly that you will be finding business intelligence. You'll be finding the special interest groups with whom you can um, work. And I know, obviously, knowing a lot of you have um, very, very specific needs, 
um, sort of on this program that you will be looking to engage with either those in your sector. So be looking to forge partnerships and that can be a huge, huge benefit to you. Um, and or you can be looking for new business and new customers. So depending on whether or not your role is more focused in a more kind of business development sense or whether it is focused in a more kind of specialist kind of internal marketing sense, then you will find there will be a different flavor of these definitions within LinkedIn. Connection is everything, though. Half of the people surveyed said, yeah, it's about connecting with customers. Um, and of course, as we know from the program, you need to be figuring out where am I going to position LinkedIn in my customer's journey? So is this at the awareness phase? So I'm going to be thinking about LinkedIn as I build the plans around LinkedIn to create awareness with people who are not yet uh, familiar with my brand or my products or services. Or am I going to use LinkedIn to encourage conversion? In other words, I'm going to help the confidence and the trust that this potential customer has with me. I'm going to help them over the line to convert that sale. So I could use LinkedIn in that place. Or the third option is I could use LinkedIn to connect with customers who are existing customers, i.e. at the retention phase of their journey. So building loyalty, stimulating advocacy and the like. So you've got to be very clear here. And I know each and every one of you have got a very different spin on this. So you'll be viewing this from your own perspective. So for me, one of the key starting points here, so my first tip um, in this thing, and I know, Carl, um, you suggested this one, you're going to be resonating with this, is that it is very much about deciding where in the customer journey you're going to position it for building awareness, or is LinkedIn to help people over the line, conversion, or are you using LinkedIn to retain the customer, to build loyalty and um, trust and advocacy over time? So it is a very, very effective digital channel. And we know that digitally savvy brands and there's loads of different um, sort of pockets of research here. And I've shared a lot of this with you um, over the time, um, obviously, that you've been attending these webinars and sort of catching up um, on the calls um, is we've talked a lot about the various kind of ways that this is high quality engagement. So far better as part of an overall sales and marketing approach than purely kind of spammy style, unsolicited cold calling and all of those kind of very old school ways of kind of generating business. What we're looking at here is a high quality very, very engagement focused thing that can really form a strategic part of the way that you create your marketing plans. So there's a lot of opportunity here to, to really kind of think about this kind of crossover between marketing and sales within LinkedIn. And again, a lot of the research is, is kind of um, throwing up a whole range of different uh, statistics. And I particularly like this one from socialchamp.io, um, who was saying that it, basically that LinkedIn really, in terms of generating leads, is 277% better than Facebook. Now, when you bear in mind, and I know a lot of you are doing Facebook campaigns, either as part of an endpoint assessment on your program, or you might be doing this actually, you know, um, outside of the uh, apprenticeship, you might be doing this as part of your um, sort of day-to-day -day activities, and you will know how targeted Facebook is. But when the research shows that LinkedIn is 277 times better than Facebook at lead generation, well, there's clearly got to be something else going on. And that's what I want to explore as we go through the rest of this session, because it's very interesting to see the little nuances of where you can begin to market and sell via LinkedIn. 
Now, the key here, and this is the difference between, say, doing Facebook advertising uh, versus something like organic content creation and engagement. The key here is in creating a pull towards your profile. Okay, so just think about that one just for a moment. What we're trying to do here is create a pull towards your profile. So that can be your personal profile. And of course, most of us are using and engaging in LinkedIn from a personal profile perspective. But some of us are the admins or super admins of our business page in LinkedIn. So it's really important then to be figuring out how can I create a pull towards the profile? And that comes from actually giving your audience a reason to engage and then buy rather than selling to them. Another little subtle nuance here. Even if you want to sell something, the mindset that your customer is going to be in or your audience is going to be in is that they would desire that you give them reasons to buy. You don't sell to them. Because I always challenge, you know, when was the last time you wanted to be sold to? No, of course you didn't, ever, really. What you want is to be given reasons to buy so you can make a considered, conscious decision. And that's really fundamental here. So for those of you trying to figure out where LinkedIn kind of sits in the uh, business development process in your organization or how it integrates in with your lead generation programs, it's about giving reasons to buy. And this, of course, can be achieved by, as we say, striking an appropriate balance in the content and updates you write and share. Now, there's a key word there, share. When most people think of digital marketing, social media and uh, content creation, they think of the content they're creating. OK, but that doesn't have to be the case, particularly in LinkedIn. So my tip number two, really, in terms of organic LinkedIn growth is to think about content curation. And again, I know a lot of you are very, very well tapped into your marketplaces. A lot of you are doing a lot of listening, social listening, but you're also, you know who your influencers are in your sector. You know who the key players are. You know what your customers and your audiences are, are interested in, not just the products and services they're looking to buy, but their everyday lifestyle. So you've created personas that you can now optimize within LinkedIn by sharing, and we're going to use the word curate here, by curating and sharing around particular topics. So when you think about your content, it's not just about writing about you. It's actually balancing the stuff about you with things that you might be signposting to. So you might be pointing to other content elsewhere, sharing other people's valuable content, maybe adding a little bit of a review to it or adding some added value context to it to bring it to life, to make it more appropriate and engaging for your audience and then sharing that will increase this engagement. And just by its very nature, that will stimulate this engagement and this pull towards your profile that you're looking for. So there's some really exciting stuff beginning to emerge from this, isn't there? In terms of almost sort of rethinking how you use a social network like this. And a lot of this is actually helping your potential customer to get to know you. Um, sharing relevant third party content, as we say, and then 
offering the great value from the messages of sales and marketing and product and service that you want to then promote to them. So we're looking here at the rule of thirds. This is kind of where I'm leading to here. Organic LinkedIn growth comes from really practicing the rule of thirds. So what we're looking for here is balancing personal, getting to know you, balancing signposting or pointing to third party interesting content. Remember the thought leadership thing. If you can be identified with interesting content that your customer finds interesting and engaging and informative and maybe even entertaining, they're going to come back and listen to you. So you're going to pull them towards you. And then having done those two thirds, the final third is the third of the cell, which of course you're almost entitled to do and your customer's almost given you permission to do because of the value you've added with the previous two thirds. So personal point promote, that lovely rule of thirds that I know most of you have already heard me speaking about many, many times, but it really comes into play here in this organic LinkedIn growth. So let's just say we've got their attention. Now what we want to do is make sure we've optimized where they are going to head next and where they're very likely to head next, unless you've used a particular post as a landing page in a campaign, the likelihood is they're coming to your profile. So what is as LinkedIn would describe it, an all-star profile, because this is going to help you with your organic LinkedIn growth. If your profile is just a dusty old CV online, then you've got work to do. And if you want to search out social selling index, LinkedIn, if you just search that um, either within LinkedIn or your favorite search engine, social selling index, you will get a score for how well and how optimized your LinkedIn profile is versus the potential target audience that you could be attracting with the content you've already got in there. So social selling index is a very interesting little um, rating, if you like, and you can see how it's broken down. And it is a measure of how complete your personal profile is, coupled with how active you are, coupled with how relevant you are to the audience that you are engaging with. So there's lots of stuff in there that makes up the algorithm that calculates the number. But go and check that out, because that's a really useful benchmark to get you started. Then what you need to do is go into your profile. And then there's a whole checklist of things right here, right now, as we're talking about this, that will help your profile. And I just want to cover a few of these things because these are super important, okay, to really supercharge your personal profile. So first thing you need to do is make sure that you have a personal tagline under your name. Um, LinkedIn, by the way, say that pages with complete information will get 30% more weekly views. Uh, and you'll probably see how many people are viewing your page on a weekly basis when you look at the analytics for your page, because uh, LinkedIn share that with you. But if you get this complete, you'll get 30% more weekly views. And of course, what is not to like about that? Because if it's using LinkedIn as an awareness creator, so bringing and drawing and pulling people into your product or your service or your business page, then you're standing a chance of being on their radar. Otherwise, you're pretty much invisible. So create a personal tagline under your name. Rather than just job title, use all of the available characters. There's some four lines of text available under your profile name. And this almost then becomes kind of part of your elevator pitch, that kind of little phrase or set of bullet points that really get a, give a flavor of the value you're going to bring. So for me, I talk about the hosting of my podcast. I talk about, you know, founding a not-for-profit organization 
organization that helps sustainable marketing. I talk about being a mentor, author, international speaker, blah, blah, blah. And I also got a little hashtag in there, Ikigai, which is the kind of way I try and live my life. So in a nutshell, it kind of gives the essence of who I am. Now, irrespective of what I'm saying about me, what are you saying about you? And what do you say currently that says what it says about you? How accurate is that? Because you need to be really mindful that it is saying what you want it to say. Cover image is the next thing. Um, they're suggesting that you refresh your cover image. And that is, of course, the big banner image that sits behind your profile picture. Um, they're suggesting you refresh that every six months. You might also want to consider putting a call to action in there for the one thing that you want the people to do as a result of seeing it. So on my live profile cover image, I have got a call to action, which is check out my podcast. Here's the link. So if you can go, you can have one thing which might be campaign driven, it might be something very personal specific to you. And if you're looking for a new job, for example, it could be something that's really related to the, you know, the value that you offer or the accessibility to making contact with you. But you decide if you need a call to action on the cover image is a great place to put it. Next thing is also making sure your profile picture looks like you. So many people wear um, shades or they're kind of, you know, looking at a funny angle or they've got a multitude of people in the picture. And you think, well, who is the person? Which one is the person? Make sure you are identifiable in the real world. People really value that when they see your profile picture, because if they're going to meet you at an event or a conference or a networking, they're going to check you out beforehand. So if they can identify all oh, there's the person. Great. Where are they? And there they are, because I recognize them. Then you know the job is done. If you're kind of in disguise, you're not using LinkedIn to its greatest extent. And the algorithms know if you haven't added a picture. Um, there can be very few reasons why you wouldn't want to add a picture if you've got a LinkedIn profile. The clue is in the name, LinkedIn, you know, and it's social media. The clue is in the word social. So if you're hiding behind this little silhouette um, profile, then unless you have a, a feasible, tangible reason because you're a, I don't know, covert spy or something, um, then there probably is a reason why you'd want to be putting for the best returns uh, a picture that really looks like you in as your profile picture. Now, you might sort of think, well, obviously, Neil, but you'd be amazed how many people I talk to who are yet to do that properly. Next thing to complete is the about section. And this is really where you can hook people in. So I always say, what is it about you that I don't know yet? So is there something curious that you could put in? Maybe as a single sentence that just whets the appetite of the reader and they look at it and they think, hmm, that's curious or hmm, wouldn't have thought of that about you. That's now interesting. Right. I'm intrigued. They will then read on. So the first thing you need to do is to make sure you have a hook. So in the about section for me, my little hook, which um, if we're connected, you'll already seen, um, is that I say I've spent over 35 years as an introvert in the most extrovert industry in the world. Now, that is factual. It's a little strange. One thing you might be thinking is, well, why would you stay out of your comfort zone for 35 years? If you're an introvert and you're working in the most extrovert industry in the world, why would you be there? And then there's a whole conversation that can follow, which I'm not going to go into now. But what it does, it hooks people in. So think about that profile 
hook, because that is something which will really enable you to start to really kind of you know forge an initial engagement with the person. We don't want them just reading it. We want them bought in and curious and wanting to read a little bit more. It's also important as well to identify the things that you add to, that you add information for. So if you're providing specific services, this makes you very findable, very um, um, accessible, if you like, and particularly in search. So the fact you've got a completed profile, which will, in theory, give you 30% more weekly views, the services that are provided by you, you need to be putting into the providing services section and you can spell those out and you can have up to nine or 10 um, services that you will be um, provided with. So existing services that LinkedIn already has for you to select from, and that will make you more accessible. The next thing you want to do, obviously, if somebody then is intrigued and they just want to start a conversation with you, is to include multiple ways of getting in contact. So the links section, how to contact section is really, really key to make sure you have fully featured. So you need to obviously um, have any website links that um, are appropriate. Uh, you need a live uh, phone number. So that could be a direct dial or your mobile um, cell phone number. It could also be an email address. I would always say keep one of those. Um, if you have multiple websites, that's fine. But one phone number, one email address um, and any other um, social networks that you want to kind of give people access to could also go in there. Now, if you have multiple links because you say, well, Neil, that's all very well for you. But for me, I need multiple things in multiple places. Then try something like Linktree. So if you search out Linktree, so that's linktr.ee. That is a single link which then goes off like a tree structure into multiple other links. And then you could just put your link tree address into your profile and then that will open then up a page which will have all of the other links available uh, for your particular customer or audience. And the final thing I'd suggest you do is to customize your URL. So rather than just being linkedin.com slash 12673456XYZ, random set of data and numbers is you claim your name. Um, that is a really important one because when you um, want to kind of announce yourself um, in the real world and you say, oh, no, check me out on LinkedIn, you can then just give that handle to somebody and they will then be able to either in a presentation or face to face, then they will be able to very, very easily contact you. It's like having a short code, like a bitly short code, but the LinkedIn version. So for me, it's linkedin.com slash Neil Wilkins X. And I have Neil Wilkins X as my handle for all of my social media accounts. So Twitter, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, because that one is available. So you need to find one, I would suggest, that will play out across all of your social networks. Because yes, for, for organic growth in social media, it might be LinkedIn, but people might also be coming um, at your LinkedIn profile from other accounts. And if they see a consistency here across all of your social networks, then that can be, again, another confidence building thing that they've landed on the right person. 
And then having created that profile and really sort of, you know, began to sort of think about your strategy for LinkedIn, you need to really be making a very, very clear decision on your context, uh, contact strategy. So do you accept everybody who sends you a request to connect? Or do you only accept, as LinkedIn, when it first launched, suggested we all did, only accept people you'd be willing to recommend? Yeah, can you remember those days? If you weren't around in those days, that's where it started. LinkedIn's initial launch premise was link in with people who you would be willing to recommend. So when I look at your followers, I could think, oh, yeah, all these people Neil will recommend. Great. So these are trusted allies. Brilliant. So this is quality. Now, of course, the years have gone on and the quality probably has dropped. And for a lot of us, we do have a very loose strategy in terms of who we'll connect with. But if you keep really strict to that, it might not be as far as people I'd recommend, but at least it could be people I know. So not just accepting everybody, because, of course, a lot of the unknowns, a lot of the strangers are not adding to your organic LinkedIn growth because they are just there trying to connect with you because they want to sell you something. And that is a very different proposition than actually linking with people who are there to forge a relationship with you that has mutual benefit. So there's a win win. So decide on your strategy because that will attract the right kind of people, as will going through your old business card pile that's gathering dust on the shelf and any personal recommendations that friends and colleagues have. You can start to build a really high quality and I mean really high quality uh, community around your personal profile. Now, we've talked a little bit about the being current and, uh, you know, sharing and the relevance of the posts and, the, you know, sharing to stimulate advocacy. But always think, you know, what can somebody share from the posts that I've just done? Can I make this very shareable? Because linking in means that you're linking in, you're part of this kind of ecosystem within LinkedIn. And the more you can do that rather than just post, post post, the more you can engage, the more that you can make your content shareable, the more that you can comment on other people's threads, the more that you can add value, so answer questions, then the more valuable you become. And remember, as you document, as you create, as you curate, whatever it is that you're doing, remember that your target audience wants to hear what's in it for them. So no matter how much you want to really push the features and benefits of that new service or that lovely new product you're super proud of, it's all about what's in it for the audience. So this in LinkedIn, if we're looking at this as organic growth, we have to be mindful that the original premise of good, high quality marketing is all about what's in it for my customer. Well, this has never been more true than actually when we're talking about LinkedIn, our profile and the content that we create. And when it comes to content, if you're looking for engagement, please try and avoid stock photos. 90, according to LinkedIn, real photos have a 98% better engagement rate than stock photos. The algorithm spots it, your audience spots it. So please, wherever you can. I know there will be times when, you know, it just isn't that appropriate because I haven't got the time and I just want to get this piece of content out and I just need to use a stock image from a library. Everybody else is probably using it too, but I just need to get something that looks good and I need to get it out there. There will be times when you can justify that. But the vast majority of the time, wherever you can, use your own images. And of course, never anybody else's that you don't have a license for.
The sizes for LinkedIn images right now, um, typically your profile photo, for example, is 400 by 400 pixels. Cover photo, 1584 by 396. Um, on your business page, your logo is 300 by 300, and the cover image is a little bit smaller, actually, and it's kind of much more slim profile. Um, and the cover image uh, for your business page is 1128 by 191 pixels. So there are some kind of best practice. And again, you can search on these if these are things that you want to make sure you've got right or that you're um, looking to, to check up on. Now, I mentioned their company page. So let's get on to company page. I think we've done enough to start building the engagement and the growth and the interaction engagement with your um, personal page. Let's talk about the company pages, because this is a really, really interesting one. So what should we be doing? Well, there's a lot of similarities between personal page and company page when we talk about good practice. So the first thing is updating your and refreshing your cover image. So same kind of process here every six months. Now, I would say you could in LinkedIn do that more. And I would suggest probably doing it more if you are using your business page as a promotional tool to sell and market and promote maybe events. Maybe there's a webinar series you're doing or maybe there's something like a product launch or you're at an exhibition or you've got this new service that you want to showcase I would suggest every time you've got something that's a really big ticket item change your cover image your logo so your in effect your business company page profile picture is probably going to be your logo it could be the face of the organization so you might put somebody um, in that um in that little slot there, that 300 by 300 uh, pixels uh, space. But the chances are you're going to use your logo on your company page, which means you don't have to include it again on the cover image. So use the cover image tactically to support the kind of um, headlines or showcasing that you want to do. That's really important. Now, I talked about showcasing there. You can actually build showcase pages which sit alongside the company page. And these can be showcasing all of the things I mentioned before. Um, so you have to put in the associated company page, which obviously will be your business page. And then you can basically start to um, add things in like landing pages for this particular showcase thing. So you could, if you wanted to, build a showcase page for each of your product categories or your services or maybe your regions, you know, you might have a particular geographic region and your business is split up into regions. So maybe each one of those has a showcase page. So your company page is the, the hub, so to speak, where you have your more strategic, your more kind of corporate sort of core business things. And then the showcase pages are for the next level down. So your business units, your product categories or services. So get creative. Each one of those might have its own landing page. So it's kind of sub home page. That could be quite a neat way of structuring it. So it might be, if you've got lots of ideas there, a good time to get the sticky notes and the big flip chart out and start to plot this out so that it becomes really quite useful for you rather than just jumping in saying, oh, yeah, we'll do some products. Oh, yeah, we'll have a couple of events. And then you forget what you've done. And then it all becomes this hodgepodge of chaos, whereas actually, if you basically plot it out in advance, then you can build around that structure. So that would be a really cool, kind of sensible way of keeping some sort of control. And particularly if there are, are a number of admins of your business pages. So you can maybe assign a sub admin for each showcase page and they can be the custodian of it.
Once you've got those pages and you've got that um, company page set up, what you probably want to do, and again, this is where your organic growth is going to come from, is you need to basically be cross-populating the links from your website to your LinkedIn company page, which is possibly going to be more dynamically updated than your company homepage and vice versa. So if you do a search on how to create a LinkedIn badge, for my website, you will see from LinkedIn and others are available, um, but you will see some guides and tutorials on how to create a LinkedIn badge or LinkedIn plugin buttons to your website. If you have a web, uh, WordPress based website, there are many, many options for having LinkedIn and other social network plugin buttons on your website. And these can be stylized. These can be very much customized to the brand look and feel of your website. But the important bit here is to allow customers to go to and fro from your company page to your website and landing pages, maybe from the showcase pages as part of their customer journey. Another thing which, of course, you probably will have plotted out. So when it comes on to a little bit of a deeper dive then into some of the things to do and not to do, remember that people have an option when they set up their, um, their LinkedIn profiles themselves to view LinkedIn in a dark mode, which means rather than having a white background and black text, they have a white text on a black background, which means that if you're doing anything like fancy transparent images on your business page, they will not show up properly. So do not use transparent images on your LinkedIn page with your um, content. Uh, remember the dark mode. People will not see those images and it'll just be a blank space. So you've got to be quite careful how you do it. So standard JPEGs or PNG files for your images on your company page are really, really important. Don't try and get too clever. Work with LinkedIn as it is. Then what are you going to be doing actually with the content in there? Well, much like being busy with your um, tweeting and posting, if you like, on uh, LinkedIn as a personal perspective, you're going to be doing a very, very similar thing, if you like, on your company page. So any kind of business updates, anything, again, use the rule of thirds, personal, getting to know, your, um, you're getting to know you and your business and your people. Point, so signposting to anything that's related to any thought leadership topics that you have in your strategy or in your marketing content plans. And one third then is promotion. So you can promote on your company page or your showcase pages, but the key is to balance it. And as we know, the rule of thirds is key. So when you're doing this, there's a couple of things I would suggest that you do here. One is to make sure that you are very, very clear with a single call to action on your posts on your company page. So a single CTA call to action. In other words, having engaged with this post, having read this little article, what do you want me as a viewer, as a potential customer to do next? So no matter where it is in the customer journey, what's the next step? So be really super clear with every piece of content that you do, where you want that person to go next. That is vital because then it's taking them one step closer to the destination you ultimately want to get them to. And again, of course, that depends on how you've plotted out the customer journey and where this LinkedIn company page sits in that customer journey. But it's really important you're super clear and consistent with the use of those calls to action.
And the other thing as well, as you're publishing content, and this is really key, you will find that it will be a slow, laborious process to get engagement if your current employees and colleagues are not resharing each and every one of these posts that you're putting on your company page. It will take what will feel probably like forever to get traction and engagement. Whereas you can scale this from day one if you tick on the notify employees button. And then, of course, everybody who's already connected and following and is an employee your company page will be notified and then you can have some guidelines that they then reshare with their connections so their personal connections which are very likely to be existing customers and partners and um, suppliers and resellers etc so they will then get to see this company post as soon as they click it and read it they're onto your company page probably increasing the following as well as increasing the engagement so before you click post when you do a particular post on your company page, click the notify employees button and that will guarantee then that you improve the reach of every post that you do. And then when you check the analytics and of course, as an admin, you will see an extra little tab on your company page in the menu bar. You will be able to see then the incredible reach that you've generated as part of the content that you're creating. So we've talked about personal pages. We've talked again a couple of times about the rule of thirds. We've also talked about uh, how to increase the reach and then really amplify using your colleagues and your um, employees in the organization. But how are you gonna really supercharge in an organic sense, your LinkedIn page and interactions. Well, for me right here, right now, there is one single way that I've used, and I know a lot of people are using this to absolutely supercharge your LinkedIn profile, but also the engagement and the interactions. And that is live streaming video. Now I'm only gonna talk about StreamYard.com. There are others available. You can use a range of different services to do live streaming through your LinkedIn account. Um, and I'm only going to talk about StreamYard because it's the one that I've chosen. When I've done my research, um, I'm not here to promote or um, say I'm sponsored by them. I'm not. Um, but I just find them. it's a very, very simple to use, very useful kind of platform that allows me, if I'm in StreamYard.com, to select LinkedIn. And so when I go live in StreamYard, it automatically streams out to LinkedIn. At the same time, should I choose this to go out to Facebook, hop in Twitter, YouTube and Twitch all at the same time. So I'm literally just going to StreamYard.com to do a short broadcast or to do a live podcast, for example, or a conversation with a colleague that I want to want to sort of be publishing live. Or as I did yesterday, a little promotion for an upcoming metaverse marketing series that I'm hosting from the beginning of April. I thought I'm going to go and do a go live um, just to kind of share and just let people know this thing is coming. It is so, so powerful. You are likely, according to StreamYard's research, to get 24 times the number of comments compared to pre-recorded video. Now, most people do pre-recorded video because it's simple, it's easy, it's safe. But if you're willing to push the, the boundaries, and actually it might not be you, it might be somebody else who's happy to do this live video, you will get, according to the research, seven times the reactions, 24 times the comments, and it is perfect 
for instant connection and jumping the timeline queue and notification queue whenever you go live. And you'll know this to be true. You know, you log in at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, into your LinkedIn account. And if anybody in your connection, any of the people you follow, any of your connections is live, that will be the number one thing in your notifications because they're live. So you are basically jumping the queue of all the rest of the noise that is going on in LinkedIn. So having a very strong personal profile, having a strong company page with associated showcase pages, clicking that notify employees button every time you post some content on your company page, and then thinking about how you could integrate live video streams to really, really scale up your activity. These really are the key building blocks that you need to be thinking about right here, right now. So what is the best practice for this moment in time within LinkedIn for organic LinkedIn growth? OK, so I'll just summarize these before we finish. So it's looking and listening before speaking, getting a sense of who's saying what, what are the hot topics, what's trending, what are the hashtags I should be following, using the search feature to really get a sense of what are the communities I'm interested in, what are they talking about, who are the key players, who are the micro-influencers out there who I need to connect with. Be positive and thought-provoking. If you can actually add value to a message thread or if somebody asks a question and you confidently know the answer, jump in and do it. Jump in and give that valuable feedback. You will grow your business. You will grow your account undoubtedly every time you do that because people like the sharing of technical expertise that you have that maybe they can't get from elsewhere. So just being a really good LinkedIn citizen is a surefire way at no cost to apart from your time, to really, really be hitting the ground running with this. So be a great source of unbiased, objective intelligence. So constantly sharing. And again, this comes back to that thought leadership thing. If there's something about you and or your company that really owns a topic that people would be engaging with and interested in, then really embrace it, really own it. Step on, step up onto that pedestal and start sharing the objective intelligence that you have. Be a great source of unbiased information. That's what people want now. This isn't about about fake news and lots of kind of me too copy and content. This is about actually being super professional, really authentic, really transparent, open and useful. So add value at all times. Do maintain a consistent elevator pitch. So that little summary, that little hook that just gets people thinking, hmm, he or she's a little bit different. This is really interesting. Yeah, I'm interested. Let me just um, click on their link and their, their bio. Just have a little more read. That's what you want them to do. You're not trying to solve all their problems in one go. You're just taking them step by step to the next step in the journey. You can also use, which again is another very interesting little feature, the content suggestion tool. So when you're in your company page, this wasn't something I mentioned earlier, but it's another little thing to research. Just do a little search on content suggestion tool. And you will find if you run out of ideas because 
this isn't easy to do on the long term. You know, you'll do this in the next few days and you'll set this all up and you'll think, well, hey, this is great, dead easy to do. But I know because I've been there multiple times, you'll run out of steam. Some days you get up and you think, you know, I just can't be bothered. I'm just not going to do it today. So if you run out of ideas, use the content suggestion tool because there's this very clever little algorithm that sits behind your page that watches what you do, watches what you type, watches what your content is, and then suggests stuff that you might talk about or that you might share if you run out of ideas. So play with that because that is your friend. And also, again, going back to the, the rule of thirds, if that third, which is point, remember it's personal point promote, if that third, which is personal, sorry, that third, which is point, um, you run out of ideas of what to signpost, then the content suggestion tool can be your savior. That can come into play there. So have a little look at that and see what it's suggesting that you share with your audiences. And of course, that final point there, consider live streaming. That is going to be your big, big winner. Yes, for lots of us, it is a bit of a step into the unknown, but there is a little trick you can do. I shouldn't probably be telling you this, but I will. In the early days, if you're not so confident that you want to go live live, you can go live with a pre-recorded. Now, I didn't tell you that. This is just amongst you and I, um, but you can do that. I wouldn't advocate that. Wherever you're live and you can respond live to any comments and engagement that you get, that's where the value comes. But if you just want to test the water with that first live stream broadcast, you can make it look and feel live by doing a pre-recorded that goes live at a preset time. But after that first one, just to build your confidence, please, please, when you're live, be live. Because the value in LinkedIn with organic LinkedIn growth truly comes from when you are actually there live and engaging with your audience. So that's what I wanted to share with you. I hopefully, um, Carl, that one has been useful to you. I know you were the person who came up with the uh, original idea. This is what we needed to be uh, covering. So hopefully that was of interest and, and good. And I'm going to obviously be um, saving that for uh, for a future reference. So we've been recording this one. So it's uh, it's all good that we can uh, sort of work on this one. But any kind of questions that have come through from, from any of you? I've had one actually that has come through on uh, direct message to me as I've been talking on this one, which I'm just going to answer uh, sort of first, unless anyone else has any questions. If you have, pop them into the chat. Or if you're watching this on, uh, on Catch Up, put them into the uh, discussion thread below. Um, but the question that's just come through to me on direct message Message, and this is a really interesting one is, do you know who follows you on your LinkedIn company page? The answer categorically, if you are a an admin of your company page, the answer is actually yes, you can see exactly who is following your LinkedIn company page. So play forward a week or so from now. If you were to run a little campaign that pointed people towards your company page, and then just by magic, you happen to then spot that a few people had started following you. And then as if by magic again, you looked at that information and thought, this is interesting. Hmm. Those are people Idle might like to connect with. If you have got a sales team, maybe allocate those connections to an individual salesperson or persons 
and get them to make contact. Probably not through the phone, but or email, but probably through LinkedIn. You know, if you if you've got email because you've got the premium um, version of LinkedIn as a, as a as a person, you can send in mail, which is uh, LinkedIn's internal email system. You could then find that is actually a very, very useful way because clearly you've added enough value to get them to follow you. So maybe that's a semi-warm lead. So yes, you can. Absolutely. Great question. Thank you for asking it. You can definitely see who your followers are. And I think as a result of that, you've got to figure out and be smart. What can I do with that information? That sounds interesting. So thank you for that question. That's really, really good. So I'm not seeing any other questions yet. So um, if you do have any questions, as I say, and if you are watching this on uh, catch up, use the discussion thread um, in however you're consuming this uh, to ask any questions. And I'll keep a watch out over the coming days uh, to see if anybody does have any questions. But um, I wish you every success. Aim for your personal profile first. Follow that up with your um, company profile second um, and then start to run some campaigns and start to add some content into both and then be actively watching and listening to what happens. And I will almost guarantee you that you will see you are able to scale this organically without spending a single penny of your budget if you follow those tips. So I hope you found this really useful. Have a great rest of your day, whatever you're doing, and I'll see you on LinkedIn very, very soon.